Welcome to the Business Growth Podcast with me, Kevin Miller. On this podcast, you're going to hear some awesome interviews from business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs as they share their story, their journey, and some expert tips and insight of the things they've learned along the way. So sit back, enjoy, learn, and grow. And thanks for joining me. Kevin Miller here on the Small Business Show. Thank you for joining me. I've got a great show coming up for you today and we're going to get straight to it. We're going to be chatting to Warren and Joyce Reynolds, telling us about their business story, having basically the largest uh, drive through coffee shop um, or coffee company, I should say, in WA and internationally as well. So good morning, guys. Morning. Hey, good morning. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. And you're here to tell us about basically your business, Perth's biggest drive through and most well-known, I guess, drive through coffee operation. Interesting uh, story. Let's hear a bit more about it. Um, yeah, look, the business uh, started as a one-off shop in Belmont and yep. um, I bought into that that little shop and uh, then used the other companies that I owned. I was in recruiting, owned recruiting companies around Australia and New Zealand for uh, well, 27 years, mm-hmm. so a long, long time. Bought and sold a lot of companies, but I used the resources of that company to then start to build Muzzbuzz as a franchise network um, around Western Australia and then out uh, into the Northern Territory now as well. So, yeah, I mean the fran- the franchise concept that's something that um, you know it's quite intricate if you don't know too much about it. It's quite a you know to to learn about franchise and then to understand it. Did you have a alert? Did you have an experience in that before you? I'd had no experience in it at all. Yep. If somebody ever asked me again would I start a franchising <laughs> company, I'd tell you no. <laughs> there um, you go. There's some good advice there. Though. Don't do it. But you know it's very hard work. Yep. And the most important thing is you need to surround yourself with high quality people. You know, uh, you know, good lawyers who understand it and who are experienced in it. And Steve Pint, who's also my business partner. Yeah. Um, is a corporate lawyer who who works in franchising and uh, he's superb at what he does. Mm-hmm. We also have you know fantastic accounting companies and a you know guy like Matt Fogarty surrounding us. So you know you you've got to have first class people and mm-hmm. like in any business, you're not an island. Yeah, you know this is this is a cumulative effort of a lot of people. And uh, you know Joyce and I are lucky to work together in the office. So you know, rather than me spending an awful lot of time away from home, <laughs> we actually get to spend an awful lot of time together, which is, which you know, is it's, it's beneficial. It's yeah. you know, it's actually a big deal, and yeah. I don't think people understand how much support you need to to run a company of this size. Yeah, and having someone on hand, most of, you know, whether it's the professional network that you referred to, or whether it's your partner, your wife, you know, it's, it's very important, you know, and having that support mechanism, you know. Well, support people are good. You know, you've got to have good people. If mm. you if you go into this game without good people, you're going to fail. Yeah, and we also work really hard at finding good um, suppliers as well. And yep. our focus has always been, and will always be, um, Australian first. So we always try and support Australian businesses. Mm-hmm. And where possible, West Australian businesses. Yeah, and but keep it within the community and keep it in, in our economy, obviously. And exactly. Keep, keep the wheels turning here. If you don't support your own economy, you don't have support employment in your state, then you're getting it wrong. And we're in a position to control that. And yes, certainly at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so we, we work very hard at supporting local businesses, you know, from syrup suppliers, you know, our coffee is roasted here in Australia and, you know, we own a large part of the coffee roastery. But, but still, it is... 
and it is Australian, um, uniquely Australian in many respects. So, and why did why did you choose the franchise concept initially for the growth? What was the reason for that? Um, look, you know, it was was a trendy thing that was happening. I think, and mm-hmm. you know, other people were doing it, and I looked at it, and I could see that I'd certainly had a little bit of experience with it in the recruiting industry. Yeah, uh, that was more licensing than franchising. And in many respects, it is a is a great way to grow a network of businesses, and um, you know it, it, it enables you to have access to more capital, yeah, to drive your business faster. Mm-hmm. And the economies of scale thing, where you're where the business becomes bigger as a as an overall unit, you can you can drive down supply costs and drive down purchasing costs. Absolutely. I mean, even though we say we support West Australian <laughs> companies, I won't say we give people a hard time, but we but we negotiate the very best deals we can for our franchisees. And I think our pricing model, you know, to support our franchisees is um, is probably second to none in Australia. And your first franchise, am I correct in saying that that was in Mosman Park? Was it was in Mosman Park. Yeah, yeah on, that was on the very first Stirling Highway yep. there. Yep, that yeah. was the very first. And yeah, I remember driving past. I used to play um, soccer down in um, Mosman Park, actually. Shout out to Western Knights, just in case anybody's <laughs> listening. But I used to play soccer down and used to drive past that quite often. And uh, well, I, We don't want you to drive past it. We want you to stop in. <laughs> oh, I stopped as well. I stopped as well. I stopped as well. Only on the way back, because on one side, it was it was only on one side of the road. You yeah. <laughs> but that was my first experience of the business. And I always... Um, but one thing, like for me, obviously I'm from Scotland, and I moved here. And the drive-through thing, the drive-through concept—that's something that in Scotland it wasn't very much a, a common, a common theme. And my first experience of drive-through when I first came here was actually the drive-through liquor stores, the drive-through bottle shops. And I thought to myself, <laughs> "Well, we started at the right place." You'd think a Scotsman would <laughs> know that, wouldn't you? <laughs> but I thought to myself, you know, that's it's this this whole concept of drive-through bottle shops. It's, it's, I, I thought it was. Um, I'm not going to say crazy, but I thought it was a good concept actually at the time. I thought, wow, how convenient you can drive through and and get your um, get your you know your your booze, whatever it may be. But as far as the coffee and the concept of drive through, where did where did that where did that start for in your industry? Where did it come from? Well, it came from the USA. Um, yeah. But I lived in Washington. The reason I bought into the business was. Mm-hmm. I lived in Washington DC in a center of paranoia and stupidity. Um, but I lived in, uh, in DC for a couple of years and ran companies there after I sold one of my recruiting companies to a business in the UK. Um, but I wouldn't live in DC. It was too, too violent, too dangerous for my kids. And yeah, I wouldn't, okay. I just wouldn't do it. So I lived out in Annapolis and used to commute 50 miles in and 50 miles out every day and used to go past uh, a Dunkin' Donuts. Except yes. I used to go in there and it was, was a terrible thing. I'd get some really awful coffee and a couple of donuts and then drive those at 90 mile an hour all the way into Washington, D.C. And that Dunkin' Donut, that was a drive-thru? It was a drive-thru. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. I got used to the idea that, you know, probably, you know, two or three days a week that I would go to a drive-thru store and I'd never seen one before. Yeah. When I had the opportunity to buy into, you know, buy half the business here in Perth, I did. And I yep. thought, I thought West Australians would like the concept. Yeah. And they do. The convenience. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're we're time poor as the next group of people, so mm-hmm. um, we thought it would be nice and convenient for Australians to enjoy. And do you think that, do you think it's determined, that concept of the drive-through, it's determined by the, the geography, the infrastructure, because we're, we're a big open, open areas, open roads here. Do you think that it works can it work in other areas? You know, America is similar to here. I think I think it can work not just as drive through, but takeaway. Yes. Uh, you know, you could have takeaway in railway stations, and London. You know, London's a great example of that. Where you, where every time you go into a station, there's a, there's a little takeaway booth to get your coffee and mm-hmm. get on the train and go. So you know, it's about convenience in the end. And you know, Australia's much as the government doesn't like the concept, the reality is Australia drives. 
uh, you know, we're a big country yeah. and we've, we travel large distances. And by and large, we don't catch trains, we don't catch buses. We get in our car and we go there. And even because we're so spread out, we'll drive our car to a railway station. But on the way, mm-hmm. you know, we will certainly use drive-through. And if you look at the rest of the industry in the evening, you know, the the Red Roosters of the world or the, the Maccas and Hungry Jacks, the yeah. great majority, and I'm, I'm talking in the, you know, 80s, 90s plus percent, yeah. is drive-through trade. People yeah. don't go and sit in those places anymore. Yeah, well, you see you see the cars lined up, don't you? You see drive past right. and you see the cars. Absolutely. It's it's convenient. It's mm-hmm. it's quick. And it doesn't compromise quality. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting this you're getting the same quality of product and but you're getting it for that extra that extra convenient sort of means, I guess, as well. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the key things for us is driving quality in the business, making sure that our food products and our coffee products, our cold drink products are superb and making sure that the content that goes into them is very high quality. Mm-hmm. Now we work hard at that and we deliver it. Yeah. And we deliver it at speed. So we have systems inside inside the stores that enable you to heat food quickly yes. and make a drink quickly. And, you know, this business of sitting around waiting for 10 minutes, sitting on a chair in some cafe yeah. while someone fiddles and pretends to know what they're doing with making you a manual coffee. Yeah, there's nothing is, worse. There's nothing worse. Mm. I mean, no one has that time today. And, I mean, it, you're obviously, as a business owner, and in your respect, you're evolving and you're adapting your systems over time as the business grows. You're improving them constantly. But in the early days, so going back just to the very beginning, there's obviously some learning involved as well. There's a learning when you when you open that fr- that first franchise store, for instance, in Mosman Park. That's a th- there's there's obviously sort of teething things to work out, and there's there's early stage sort of challenges. Is there anything that you can sort of think about that you had to deal with? Uh, well, we the way we did it is we went publicly uh, went out publicly and raised some money yeah and you know that was a kind of funny experience because i'd never quite done that before <laughs> um and we have you know some great shareholders uh, who participate in the business yeah and but one of the funniest things was the managing director of a very large hardware business um, stood up and said i was stupid oh really yeah he said yeah, stupid. <laughs> to your face yeah to my face you know we'd be in front of everybody said i was stupid nobody is going to buy drive through coffee nobody goes and buys a coffee through a drive through store well, right, well you better tell you better tell me that now and you better tell me you know you better tell maccas and you better tell everybody who's in the drive through business and red mm. rooster and, and you know mcdonald's hungry jacks all of us convenience food is drive through or now deliveroo because yeah. we now deliver product you know we oh, uber it wow. so, yeah, yeah. so you've adapted you know, to that as well. so we've adapted Absolutely. and you know COVID 19 has forced us to do delivery because mm-hmm. there's a large number of customers who want their coffee delivered into their office or into their home and the other products with it and so we do that as well so the, the world has changed yeah people are not so inclined to go to a cafe or a restaurant as they used to be because it needs it's not necessarily convenient you want to go park your car Walk 100, 200 metres, sit and wait yeah. in a line, get your coffee, draw, walk back to your car in the rain. That's not going to happen. It's especially good for mothers with young babies in the car. Yeah. Don't want to get them out and wake them up or it's pouring with rain and they're trying to run in the rain with their children. So it's very convenient for young women with their children and for all of us that don't want to get out in the 40-degree day or in the pouring rain just to go and get a coffee or a hot chocolate or a yeah. croissant. And convenience is everything. Yeah. 
And I, I guess for the business owner, from you, the other, the other, to, in order for you to offer that convenient product and that convenient service, you need to be efficient within your business, and your systems need to be working to their maximum capacity. Our staff. systems are fantastic, constantly yeah. evolving. Mm-hmm. Technology is evolving. We have ovens now that heat food quick that we never had 17 years ago when we started. Coffee machines that didn't exist back 17 years ago. So. When we started this business, one of the things that I wanted to make sure we did is we, we should do this professionally. Mm-hmm. We should do it efficiently. And we should have a plan. You know, we write a, a good strategic plan for the business. We know yes. where we're going. We know what it costs to get there. And we did all of those things. And, you know, have there been ups and downs along the way? Absolutely. There have been some very tough times. There's been some great times. But, you know, the old three rules of business. Mm. First rule of business is survive. Yep. Second rule of business is make profit. Mm. The third rule of business is to have fun while you're doing it. Yes, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> and you know, if you're not, if you're not having fun, then don't do it. Go do something else. Yeah. And, um, and be in and put yourself, I guess, in there's certain industries that you can choose to be in. You know, you chose to be in the coffee industry and that, you know, you don't, yep. you can, if you make that conscious effort to choose to be in an industry, you hope that it aligns with what you want to achieve as far as what you mentioned, you know, earning money, but also having fun at the same time. And your concept's quite fun. You know, the, the marketing's quite fun and the, the even having a little coffee on the coffee cup, you know, that was something I used to always remember when I, when I first used to drive well, past. Little things. Wise is a fun person. He loves having fun and we want our customers to have fun. So the whole concept is about having fun. We want the staff to have fun. As Warren says, we take what we do seriously. We don't mm-hmm. take ourselves seriously. So the co- the cookie on the coffee, the dog biscuits, you yes. know, no one should drive through with their dog and not get a dog biscuit. If you're not offered it, please ask for it. Yep. And just have fun. What about the why? So what about, you know, you mentioned that you were in the recruitment in- industry and you, you bought into the, the Belmont store initially and bought into the business, mm-hmm. then you could. What's the reason for choosing that? Is it just the opportunity? Is it just because you've seen that there was an opportunity there? Or You ever heard, see a penny, pick it up? <laughs> yes, I have, yeah. And pick it up. <laughs> because yeah. opportunity does n- never, it never knocks twice, mm-hmm. as they say. So when you see an opportunity, have the courage to have a go. If you don't have the courage to have a go, then don't get into small business. Yeah, yeah. You know, small businesses... Only one of two things happens to small businesses. They either fail or they have a tendency to get large yes. and get beyond your capability. And, you know, these are, these are really interesting and abstract concepts in business yeah. that you have to understand what you're doing. You know, fortunately, I'd run some pretty big companies and listed companies and done a lot of things in, in business. And all of those things really helped me. Um, and were they translatable? So they are transferable, I should say. Were they transferable from the larger organisations into initially the smaller organisation? Those skills. Have we got time to tell you a quick little story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for your life. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Robert Holmes Court? I've not. No, sorry, no. Well, Robert Holmes Court was an entrepreneur here in Perth. <laughs> oh, and, uh, Joyce is, Joyce's got a big gasp on her face. I'm, you know, gonna go, I'm Scottish. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I don't know everybody in Australia. <laughs> I once saw him interviewed, and he, he bought lots of different, especially he was buying lots of different kinds of businesses. Yeah. And this journalist said to him, you know, I think it was, I think he was talking about the newspaper he'd started. And he started a newspaper, and the journalist said to him, well, what do you know about newspapers? Hmm. And uh, he said, well, nothing. Journalists know about newspapers. And we said, well, why have you bought a newspaper? Why would you buy a newspaper? You don't know what you're doing. He said, oh, well, you know, perhaps. He said, let me ask you a question. He said, do they all have revenue? Mm. That's right. And customers, yeah? They all have costs, yeah? They all have profit. 
Well, can you explain the difference between an engineering company and a newspaper company? The answer is there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I guess that's why a lot of people in business. That's why the franchise concept's quite as a as a, a very um, intriguing concept for someone as a business owner. You know, from a you could have anyone from a right now that could be have worked in a in a large business. You know, a large corporation. They might move on from that and taking those skills and and getting a ready made um, franchise system and and using their existing skills and putting that into that same model, successful model. And I've got to say that the people who have the most business experience, corporate business experience, as franchisees are also the most successful yes. because yeah, yeah, they understand yeah. that there's rules, they understand there's concepts, they understand they have to follow those rules and be part of the group. <laughs> that the group is what matters and they benefit by virtue of the group's growth yes. and the group's, I guess, intellectual property mm-hmm. expansion. Very, very important. And people who perhaps don't understand that find it a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would love to have all of the franchisees in the future be people with great corporate experience. Yes. Because without doubt. So the know, ones that great. succeed generally, the ones that succeed generally have that or have had that sort of experience. They, they go to a level beyond mm-hmm. other people who don't have that experience. And, you know, it's, it's, I can point it out really simply with a set of numbers. Yeah. Um, Business experience counts. And how many franchise partners do you have? We've got about, I think, 25 partners now with uh, 36 stores. Yeah, well, brilliant. A number of of our franchisees have several stores. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not just Perth-based? No, we've got stores in Darwin. Yeah. Um, we used to have businesses in a, in a couple of other states, but uh, sold those off. And the reality of business is everything's for sale always. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. As the the concept and the model, and as we spoke about, you're evolving it. And obviously, in that period of time from when you started, so what was that? Two thousand and one was it, or two thousand and two? The business started. I bought in two thousand and four. Yeah, and I still had the recruiting companies. I sold all those in two thousand and six. So we've and come then, on probably what sixteen years since then. Yeah, yeah since you started, and it's, it's obviously a lot changes in sixteen years. And there's other, I guess, that there's competitors come into the landscape all of a sudden. And mm. you know, as a business owner, you're sometimes well, depending on your personality, well, some people might be looking over their shoulder, some people look forward. You know, they look forward and worry about themselves. But what's what's your? Because obviously that space became very competitive. So yeah. what, what was your thought process, and what was your? Um, how did you sort of? How did you cater for that moving forward? Well. Competitors are, are good. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's no such thing as a, an environment that's a total monopoly. You should always have competitors. You know, above above everything else, competitors keep you honest. Yep. And you know, keep you on your toes and keep you looking forward. You just got to stay ahead of them. But what do you think's the key thing? If you said one thing, that Muzzbuzz was about the one thing that we do better than everybody else. You're going to tell me they provide you coffee, property, <laughs> property. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Why has Starbucks yeah. got 30, 40, 50, whatever number yes. of stores they've got? Yeah. Starbucks are in the property business. Hmm. McDonald's are in the property business. And yes. the one thing I understand our business, about our business is we're in the property business. Yeah. And yeah. if you think you're not in the property business, then you should get out of it because let me tell you, you'll get eaten alive. If you don't understand property, mm-hmm. you're going to get eaten alive. Yeah, I remember I watched the um, I watched the film The Founder about Ray Kroc, the McDonald's thing, and I, that was when I first realised that Absolutely. The, the foresight to be purchasing the actual property, to be purchasing the area, so that the, you know, it's a real estate business, exactly as you said. I remember watching it, and then sort of that was my takeaway from it, and 
And I guess some of these other companies at, at your competitors, you would say they might come and go over time. You know, they might not last the test of time, but you're still there. You're still present. You're still consistent. You're performing. Still We're no different to a Red Rooster or a McDonald's or a Hungry Jack's. That, you know, we focus our growth on, on developing properties first, mm-hmm. um, making sure that you get good properties, making sure you get the right traffic flows, the right numbers, the customers are there, all the logistics are right. Once you've got all of that right, you know, then pursuing the business itself Make sure that you've got everything right inside the business as well. So, you know, you should take it, we should be able to take it for granted that one, we're always innovative. Two, we have fantastic products and we work hard to have fantastic products, but they're things we should take for granted. The key thing is finding the property. Finding and opening new stores keeps us ahead. I mean, how long would it take a competitor to go out and find those properties and build those stores yeah. to go toe-to-toe with us. And you search the location first? Do you oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Earmark the location, obviously, first, and then and then that's your site, and then that's where you go from there, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's about negotiating good deals, yeah. making sure that they, you know, the, the, the wrench pay is competitive, mm-hmm. um, and go forward. But to get to the number of stores we have, any competitor is going to go out there and take – they're going to take – 10 to 20 years to get there. Yeah, yeah. And what, what was this sort of turnaround? So see, I'm sitting here and, I, and after this after this chat, I say, right, guys, I want, I want to join the family for argument's sake. How, what's the turnaround for someone? What to, from concept and as far as location, how long would it take some a prospective franchisee to get to get the, the, the property up and running? On an average, between one and two years. Yeah, okay. So there's a lot of legwork and a lot of groundwork. There's an enormous amount of legwork. You know, well, it depends um, whether we've got a property available, which at the moment we have a couple of properties that would yeah. be available for a franchisee if they stepped in today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even just, that, you've got to go through the approval process, you've got to go through the construction process mm-hmm. and all the training and everything else that goes into creating a really good franchise location. And we do all the training for the franchisee and their staff and we give them the legal support, the marketing support, the in-the-store training of all their staff. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty much it's a turnkey operation. You know, they walk in, everything's done, ready to start trading the minute they open the door. And what would you say to someone, obviously you've explained the benefits, what would you say to someone sitting that's uh, they might have COVID, they might have lost their job in COVID and been made redundant and, you know, they've got a lump sum of money for argument's sake and they're sitting at home and they're going, well, what do I do now? Do I start my own business or do I buy a franchise? What would be your What would be your advice to them? Well, the advice that I give anybody who's sitting there in a little nest egg and they want to do something with it and build a future for themselves is there is nothing more important nor can provide more security than owning your own company. You know, owning your own company is everything, but it's not everybody's cup of tea. Or coffee. Or coffee <laughs> as it may be. Um, I still drink tea. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I love our coffee as well. But, you know, you've got to have the right personality. I mean, it's... You've got to accept that going into your own business carries risk. Yes. You've got to assess the risk, make sure you surround yourself with good people, a good accountant, a good lawyer to help you assess that risk, and then be prepared to work twice as many hours yeah. as you worked as a corporate employee. Yeah. It's because if you think you know, if you if you think you're not going to work hard, wrong. Yes. Owning your own business just means you work twice as hard as everybody else. You take all the responsibility. You accept the ups and the downs with it, you try and surround yourself with good people who can support you and that's what you do. 
But most the, the benefit of a f- buying into a franchise is, um, well, we, I can't speak for other franchisors, but yes. we try and give as much support as we can to our franchisees. They have to be willing to take it. They have to remember they've bought into a franchise, therefore there are certain rules that have to be uh, abided by. They can't go off and buy their own product or do whatever they want. We have to protect the brand because we have to protect the other franchisees yes. and the shareholders. Mm-hmm. But then the good side is you get all of that backup support and help when you're not sure what to do or you need legal help or financial guidance. And it's a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. It goes both it ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But you, the, rule one, use your ears and your mouth in the proportions to which they were given you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To, to like listen a lot. Listen. listen, yeah, yeah. If, um, if anyone wanted to find out more about your business and, and learn about opportunities that, that might be available, how would we do that? Well, I just need to uh, give MuzzBuzz a call or go onto our website and you can fill out a form and uh, by all means we'll give you a call and follow it up. But we'd love, we love to talk to everybody and, uh, you know, if we can provide opportunities for people, we certainly will. And what's the, what would be the website address? www.muzzbuzz.com.au No worries. Now you're asking the technical <laughs> <laughs> You're asking IT it's, questions. It's that relationship that we spoke about earlier. <laughs> you've got, got the backbone of the business. We all, we, all need, we, all need our, we all need our partners more so. We definitely need our lives. So. We all have our own strengths. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, guys, thank you. I could sit and talk to you for a bit longer, but we do have to go. But thanks so much for joining me. It's been really insightful. Thank you. Um, thank and, you. Yeah, and I'm very grateful for you coming in. I think there's a lot of value there for, for people to, that are listening as small business owners entrepreneurs whatever they may be looking for opportunities i think it's always good to learn from successful people and successful business owners so thank you thanks very much thanks thank very you. much All the best. thanks for joining me on this episode of the business growth podcast If you enjoyed it and you want to come back for more, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can catch up with me on social media, on Facebook at Make My Business Better, Instagram at Business Growth AU, or you can jump on our website, www.businessgrowthperf.com.au. See you next time.